Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, asshole, mother boy, dumpster, galloping quit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please, everyone, sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a big thank you to my last guest, Dr. Pascal Lee. It was a real honor to have him on the show, and if you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 218, and we have a fantastic episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Darcy Donovan. Now, Darcy is an actress, musician, and is known as the Crypto Queen, having been quite established in the community as an authority on cryptocurrency. Darcy will be discussing how she broke into Hollywood, her various roles, her music career, her views on the Me Too movement, and sharing her extensive knowledge on the world of cryptocurrency. Darcy might go down as one of my all-time favorite guests, as you can tell how much fun we had recording this episode. So let's get this show on the road. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling today from our home in Los Angeles, California, Darcy Donovan. Darcy, hello. Welcome to the Dark Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today? Oh, in California, it's ab- it's perfect. I was talking to my mother today, and the weather is absolutely stunning here. It's like 75 degrees. This is actually weird because normally it's pretty hot here in California, so we've actually been doing really well. So, <laughs> I lived in San Diego for five years. It was always about nice 70 to 85 degrees, about all year round minus two months. Yeah. And I mean, I, people go, well, God, it's so expensive to live there. I said, yeah, because we pay for the weather, but uh, it is nice to kind of stick it into my family, you know, on the Christmas, you know, when they're like, I wish you could be here. I'm like, well, I'm out with the dogs. They got my shorts on and I'm going to go get me a Jamba juice, (laughs) kind of stick (laughs) it to my mom, you know, because I'm like, she's like, it's freezing here. Nice. So with the pandemic now coming to an end, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Well, I mean, I have to admit, like some people were like, oh, you know, it was bad for me, but I have to be, I have to admit, I'm going to knock on what I was blessed. I was blessed, you know, ha- uh, when it all happened, my business took off. You know, I would have to say it, it was for me, it was easy to adapt to changes. I mean, I'm in the entertainment industry. So, you know, I already experienced kind of the whole like uh, comfortable in front of the camera for Zoom meetings. We did EcoCast, you know, things like that. I mean, I was already using Zoom, you know, for international meetings and business deals. And I already like, you know, highly engaged in social media, live broadcast and video feed. So it was nothing new to me. And, you know, I have several businesses. And now with the way COVID was, it was actually then more adaptable because, you know, I have an office, uh, you know, an out, I have a production office, but then I also have a, a home office, too. So it was nice to be able to, you know, work from my home office. Yeah, <laughs> So, uh, well, every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? Oh, well, I mean, I was born in Miami, Florida. 
So I was born there. And then, you know, my dad was going pro baseball or pro baseball. So he was, they, my mom and dad lived in Miami, Florida. I was born there, but then I really, I moved back to Nashville, Tennessee. So that's like my stomping grounds. Nashville, Tennessee is kind of like where my heart is. Uh, I love it. You know, I'll always have a place there and, you know, go back and forth, but you know, I've just been so busy in LA that that's pretty much where I, I, I do everything. But you know, Southern, Southern people, Derek, I mean, oh, my dad's name is Derek too. So yeah. Derek Donovan. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my dad was amazing and he was, you know, and, and so was my mom, but at the same time, it, you know, it was Southern people, you know, Southern food, Southern hospitality. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, if I could bring that to LA, I'd, I'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. But, um, and the weather, obviously, because, you know, in Nashville, you get all those crazy weathers. But, um, you know, I would have to say that I'm, I am, I was blessed with outstanding friends. I mean, growing up, it was a little bit, you know, I went to like three, four different schools. So that was a little tricky. But um, other than that, though, you know, being in the South, it's the people, the people that I have are like, you know, my forever friends, you know. So now, if I understand correctly, speaking of Nashville, you are a former Miss Nashville, Tennessee. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. What is it like to win such a great competition? Oh, listen, winning it was outstanding. Going through everything that you have to go through, it's very competitive. I mean, obviously, yeah, there was a lot of talent, a lot of, you know, people that I was going up against, you know, I was going, you, you go up against the best of the best. So I really enjoyed it. It was an honor to receive the title, you know, being in such a big pageant like that one, you know, you I think the real thing was the, the questions you know, that really kind of determines, you know, under pressure. And, and then they give you some crazy questions to some people. Some people get the crazy questions. Other people don't. Uh, I still remember my question, <laughs> you know, and, and it's how you present yourself under pressure. And, you know, you're in front of a live audience. And uh, again, they're asking you things off the cuff and then you have to perform your talent. And I was really excited, though. I got Miss Congeniality. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. What was your talent? Uh, singing. Oh, all right. I was. I'm, I've always been a singer, so I was. I sang. <laughs> so, what gave you the acting bug at such a young age? Oh gosh, really? I was kind of bored with it. I mean, and I know that sounds weird to say. Like, I really wasn't like when I was a kid. I beat out a bunch of of kids like uh, in a competition. Like, I was at I was at a school, and they had like a thing up. Like, hey, we're looking for kids for commercials. You know, if you'd like to do it, you know, come out. So at the time, um, there was, I mean, there was a ton of kids. I mean, there at least had to be like, it seemed like 500 kids there. There was probably 500 kids. And they were all going after, you know, commercials and stuff. I, I just can remember that I went, I uh, auditioned, and they were like, you can work in commercials. You know, you're great. And so from there, that's kind of what I was like, oh, this is cool. But I wasn't like so enamored with it because when I did the commercial, the the guy that was 18, I was like nine. He couldn't, he wasn't nailing his lines. And so I memorized his lines and my lines and I started getting, you know, antsy. Cause you know, you're nine years old. And then I was like, mom, if I want to do this anymore, you know, he can't get his lines right. And this is like, we've done this like 30 times, you know? So she was just like, she was just like, it, you know, just be professional, honey, you know, but I did it and I enjoyed it. But you know, it was more or less like it was fun. You know, it wasn't yeah. like something that I was like, oh, such a big deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've appeared in a number of television shows from Modern Family, a show that I was a big fan of, by the way. Oh, Park, good. Parks and Rec, My Name is Earl, and a show that I have not thought about in a very, very long time, Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are some <laughs> of your favorite memories working on these shows? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, each show was different. Um, you know, like Will Ferrell. Uh, well, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't mention Anchorman. So we'll just say with Barks and Rec. Chris Pratt, um, you know, he's he's a doll. Very sweet. On set. Great. Nathan Fillion, you know, Modern Family. I had a blast with him. He is a sweetheart. Like just everybody on set loves Nathan. You know, I remember, you know, we were, he was trying to teach me to whistle in between scenes because I was having trouble. Uh, I worked with Eddie Steeples on uh, My Name is Earl. Uh, and, you know, we're really good friends to this day. He plays Crab Man, you know, yeah. and 
he's just a sweetheart. And, you know, um, I just did a movie uh, on uh, Amazon called, you know, Secret Agent. And I did a thing with Paul Johansson of, of Mad Men and stuff. And, you know, Paul and I are good friends. And he's a big jokester. I mean, just, um, you know, Nick Tuck was great. Uh, you know, some people were kind of like, you know, very when the when the camera's on, they're, you know, like very you know, like, hey, we're in character, and then it takes a minute to get out. Just same thing with like Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. You know, they're when it's time to go, it's time to go for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then you know, then you know, they have their time to, you know, let it go and stuff. But I mean, I've been fortunate. You know, there's only been I would say, it's more independent films, unfortunately. But I have been fortunate to work on 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 sets with you know A list actors who are very professional, and very sweet. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I've been lucky that way. Fair enough. You just briefly mentioned it, but I would not be doing my job if I did not ask about Anchorman. And that is <laughs> a, a brief scene with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. What do you remember working with these two hilarious actors? And are you convinced Paul Rudd does not age like normal human beings? No, he hasn't. Uh, Paul and Paul's got the cute, I mean, he's got the prettiest, I call him puppy dog eyes. That's what I told him. But, <laughs> funny if you didn't know paul paul was going to be a we were talking on say he goes well if i wasn't an actor he goes i would be a cartoonist and i was like really a cartoonist and he goes yeah I'd, I'd, i would do that but you know will in between scenes is very stoic very you would not think that but you know then the minute the camera's on i mean he is on point like it's like a light bulb turns off on uh, you know uh, Christina Applegate, she was uh, amazing. I, I absolutely adore her. But what I tell people, what they don't realize is that pretty much that entire movie is improv. You know, it's the director, Adam McKay, he was great. He let you do a little bit of fun stuff, but then he let us play. Mm -hmm. So that whole scene was improvised. What was actually in the script never got on screen. <laughs> I'd love to see the original script. I bet it'd be quite an interesting thing to see. Yeah, it's it's but I mean I tell you the stuff that was improv is funnier. It's no, so I'm sure, funnier, yeah. You know, I mean yeah. yeah, I mean, especially when we do voiceovers and stuff, it's it's just it's hilarious, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is also the way it is on set. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. every director and every set is different. So they kind of you kind of have to gel with how they want to shoot things. You know, I've been on set and they're like, okay, we want line by line, and then others let you play, which I like that. You know, some actors don't like it, but I think improv is the best, you know, when you stay along the guidelines of the script. But the reason why I like it is because then you can it, it seems a little bit more like how you would talk like you and I are having a conversation. This could be a script right now. So, you know, but sometimes when a writer's writing, it doesn't come off as a conversation and it can be a little muddled. So, you know, you just got to adapt to everything. And that's yeah. usually you know that's usually what what i have to do <laughs> improv improv is an art unto itself you know it never it say no and just keep on going that's it's it's pretty impressive yeah and i mean you know people think sometimes like sometimes people think acting is easy and yeah. then they i get them on a set and they really see then they're yeah. like oh, shut up it's it's the same thing with yoga i dated my ex-fiance used to think yoga was so damn easy i took him to a yoga class and he literally ate his words in like five minutes and i was like yeah he's like god this is really hard oh my god you know and he was a big guy and yeah. he couldn't do anything and i was just laughing i was like see i told you it's not easy it's not easy <laughs> I, you know to go into all these poses and be upside down you know you have to have a lot of upper body strength yeah so that shut him up <laughs> no it's the first time i ever did yoga that you got all these you know women in there and i was the one man and it's the first time i've ever done yoga in my life and they're trying to do all these you know beautiful poses and you know these calming voices and you know you're doing all these things and then this is me in the back going oh ah, ah, just just in absolute <laughs> agony bless I, your heart yeah i, I was like hey but there is a lot of it like bruce lee you know as i mean he was big into uh yoga and so so is jean claude van damme you know so there's a lot of martial artists that are big into yoga because of you know the strength and the stretch factor and you know that's the thing you know what they kind of teach you is you know you can be a big guy but then kind of be able to bend like a reed you know it's like you know my ex was like a big oak tree you know he's just big you know, freaking guy. And, yeah. but I mean, he didn't, when he went in there, he was like, oh, this is all right. And I'm like, yeah, really? Okay. 
And then he ate his words. I'm like, kiss my ass. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's like my, first, my very first guest on the show was my yoga instructor. Oh, nice. Yeah, and oh, he cool. and he writes he's a he's a he's a he's a well-renowned new york times best-selling author he's a you know he's a great he's a great guy he likes to balance on his head for 30 minutes a day yeah i well 30 minutes i mean that's yeah. impressive that's yeah. freaking impressive that's that's what he does all day 30 minutes a day balances on his head to reverse the flow of gravity oh wow um, which i think yeah. is very impressive yeah i mean i have in my home i have a uh uh, a lot of athletes have it. It's the uh, inversion table. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love that thing. And it really, it does work. I mean, a lot of wrestlers use those inversion tables. And and I believe that it does. I mean, you got to think we're standing upwards all day long. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, when you're upside down, yeah, it does help. You know, you pop, yeah. pop, yeah, a couple inches taller. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Switching gears. What led you to start a music career? Oh, well, no, I, I pretty much had a, a music career since I was a kid. That's That was something that I loved doing. Um, yeah, I was in choir uh, at church. So, you know, and, and I was in uh, Catholic school. My mom had me in Catholic school. And here's what's funny. That's probably why my parents got divorced. But my dad was a Baptist deacon. My mother was, um, you know, strict Catholic. So it's like uh, I ended up, you know, doing... Um, uh, uh, singing at, at a very young age. So it's like I was singing in both churches and I just loved it, you know? And so, um, yeah, after that, uh, my mom ended up working at a, she was like in a resort hotel. She worked as, you know, like um, doing all the financing and everything for him. So I would go there and stay with my mom. I'd visit my mom and uh, she, there was a band there and something happened with their singer, got sick or something. And my mom kept telling, oh, you know, Darcy's a great singer. And I think it was like 14 at the time. Uh, so I got up there. I sang. Everybody loved it. Then they said, hey, can we have you back? And I was like, yeah. And then I was singing with the band. And then I just was like, I'm starting my own band. I'm, this is what I want to do. You know, so I just kind of went full force into music. Like, and I'll tell and I tell everybody mean. Some people go, oh, acting is so hard or it's hard to get a break. And I'm like, really? Uh, music is, you know, I mean, when I came to L.A., I mean, I immediately got on a soap and it was to me, it was a lot easier in the acting field than the music, you know. But um, uh, I beat out we beat out like a ton of bands. We I mean, there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bands. Uh, I got a band together and I called my band Stratus. We did like I was in hard rock, so we did rock and roll. We were doing like Van Halen stuff. I mean, <laughs> we did like turn up the radio. So we went. We went. We uh, ended up going to Memphis. Um, we won a, uh, several state fairs, and then we won like the big. We didn't win the whole big one, but we got in the top ten. And to me, that was like, <laughs> you know, huge. Yeah. So I, I, you know, but music, music and acting are are my babies. So. Well, tell us about that first album and how long did it take it to pull it all together? Oh, gosh, my first album. Um, well, Distraction, uh, I, I worked on. It probably took, I would say, a total of like a couple of months to really like get everything together. And then it took a couple of months, you know, to go into, uh, you know, getting like, you know, the engineer was working all the back stuff down and getting it mixed properly. Um, but... Uh, I was very excited about it. I mean, um, we did some touring. Um, the album accumulated over 20 million uh, online streams. So, you know, I was very excited about that, which helped, you know, the songs reach number one in ringtone downloads like across North America. I also performed uh, the Distraction album at the, the famous Key Club and in, in the, at the Palm in Los Angeles. We had a sold out crowd. So I was very excited, you know, so... Uh, it, that was great. And then my singles that came out, Superbad and um, It's My Life. Uh, Superbad and It's My Life both landed on, on the Billboard charts uh, in November. I think, it yeah, I think it was in November. It was 2017. Uh, the remix, we, I did a remix called It's My Life um, uh, with a producer called Douglas Garnett. Um, and we, it charted in the top 100 dance Billboard charts in four countries. So... Yeah, I was very excited about that. And I'm working and I got a new song that I recorded and we should be releasing that probably 
we're thinking about possibly um, in 2024, like in the springtime of 2024, it's just with everything I've got going on in the movie, you know, we're going to be doing the music video um, around August, uh, September of this year. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. I asked this question to the Crash Test Dummies when I had them on the show, um, when I talked about their their most popular song. And that's, you know, when you released Distraction, were you prepared for, to, for it to do as well as it did? No, I mean, you never you never know what everybody's going to like, because I've seen it time and time again. What I think is great and what other people on my team are like, this is the hit. This, it's it's you'd be surprised. You know, we, we, we go, hey, what do you like? What's your favorite song? And then it comes back the song that we're like, really? <laughs> you know, and I mean, do you do you know who the Judds are? The, yeah. the Judds? OK, well, yeah. um. So it's kind of like with the Judds, the big thing in um, because I'm from Nashville and, you know, and I knew all the labels and I knew everybody kind of in the mi mix of what was going on. The thing about the Judds is that, you know, they came out with um, a hit where they came out with a song. The label said this is going to be the hit. And then the next thing they know is the, a DJ at a radio station ended up playing the wrong song. And next thing you know, they played no one else on Earth, um, which was their their hit. So, you know, the thing was, is the label didn't even know. The label's like, this is going to be the hit. But the DJ, you know, did the wrong thing, started playing it over and over. And then fans went nuts. And then they're like, okay, this is the hit. So, you know, I'm very in tune with what my fans, followers want. I always ask their opinion. And because, you know, you don't know. You don't know what's going to hit. I mean, shit, the pet rock. You remember that? What was that, in the 80s, 90s? I mean, oh I thought a pet rock would have been huge. You know, I mean, everybody, yeah. and, you know, so, you know, I look at marketing back in even in like the 60s, 70s, the, the 80s, you know, I look at all 90s, you know, the beginning of the 2000s. And I look at what was big then, you know, it's different now. There's a whole, but at the same time, everything's cyclical. Right. Everything is just, it's done the same. I mean, I see 70s stuff coming out. My mom's like, yeah, that's stuff that we used to wear. I'm like, and I'm looking at it, I was like, mom. I'm like, isn't that stuff that you used to wear in your photos? She goes, yeah, yeah. So, if you had told me ten years ago the vinyl would have made a comeback, I would have laughed right in your face. <laughs> I, I, I never in a million years thought vinyl would ever make a comeback, and here we are. Vinyl sells just as good as CDs does. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's what I'm noticing now is it's kind of like even the garb that everybody's wearing. It is almost like '80s. The the makeup that I'm seeing on. So, I mean, it's like, oh, but it's. I can't explain it. It's just like done a little bit differently, but it's still like over the top. You know, you see like Nicki Minaj wearing stuff, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's something that they wear in the eighties, you know, but it's just overly done makeup, all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, I'm going to put, well, I'm going to put my old man hat on real fast. There's the flip side to that coin. Okay. <laughs> okay. I see these, I see these kids walking around with a pink Floyd t-shirt on, or a Nirvana t-shirt on, and you say, hey, man, that's awesome. What's your favorite Pink Floyd song? And they're like, who? <laughs> I'm like, you're wearing that shirt. And they're like, oh, this? This is just the fashion. And it just, ah, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, like, um, what I heard, too, is, like, the whole, like, Molly Crew. Like, a lot of people don't know who Molly Crew is. And so when Molly Crew came out, like, they did, you know, uh, this thing on Netflix about Molly Crew, and they yeah. had what is this MKG MGK whatever the hell his name is. They uh, he was like you know on it. So then it's like everybody started like Molly Crew again. So it, it was called the Dirt. And, yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. And I read the book, and uh, so I was I was just like wow. So there's actually, I mean I can't say anything, but you know there is a there is a script that i'm going to be doing here probably it's going to be in the next three years but i'm i'm like i know it's going to be a hit but it's it's along that same edge edgy kind of the dirt and I, and nobody's even looked at it and i'm like this is going to be a hit mm -hmm. so there's stuff that i'm looking into because you know people people like to see that kind of stuff you know it is it is interesting to see what's um i mean there's a thing that i got hooked on and i mean i wasn't born during that time but the modern miss Maisel. Uh, oh, no. I got hooked on that. I, I, I love her. I think she's great. It was the script was written great the way that everything was done, but I kept seeing it and seeing it, you know, it's, but you know, people love history and people, but people also love a little drama. I mean, that's why reality shows. I mean, I will say this. I have a hidden thing. I do have a, 
you know, what is it? What do you call it? Your uh, like behind closed doors, your little like my little thing fetish? that I like. Do I? Fetish? Yeah, no, not fetish. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm trying to think of the word you're trying to figure out. Yeah, uh, no, it's just, you know, my personal uh, little thing that I like. What is guilty pleasure? Guilty, guilty pleasure. Okay, all right. Yes, my guilty pleasure. I, I mean, it's there are reality shows I just love. I mean, okay. I pay premium channels just to watch this damn reality shows, and I'm like, why the hell do I want? But I love it. it it's like some of my, and you know, and so people want to see kind of like, you know, the, the whole Tommy Lee and the stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, you know, look, the queen, queen, I mean, Elvis, I mean, Elvis was, I don't know when he died, but I mean, like you got to think Elvis was huge. And then yeah. now look at, he's still huge. They're still doing Marilyn Monroe stuff. And this is from some long time ago. You know, I wasn't even born then. And I, I'm, but I'm like a huge Marilyn Monroe fan and I love Elvis, but I, I don't remember him. I don't, I didn't, you know, I just see all yeah. these movies. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're bringing back, that would actually be something to do, Derek. A Pink Floyd movie. That'd be yeah. interesting. I've seen one reality show in my entire life from beginning what? to oh. end, The Osbournes. Oh yeah, I watched that too. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that was surreal. I think that's the word I'm trying to look for. It was surreal. Uh, I've been I've been a Sabbath, I've been an Aussie fan most of my life, and to see him. It was it was unique. <laughs> it's a well, unique well, yeah, it's behind, people don't realize, you know, the okay, even with yeah. gangbangers, like the people that are rap artists, they got mamas. I've yeah. seen them. I've seen them like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a gangbanger. And then their mom come in, boy, put your pants up. Yeah, mama, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, and it's like even with Gene Simmons. I had a guy on my team, you know, he he works, he worked alongside Gene Simmons, but you know, see Gene Simmons in his little red onesie on yeah. his reality show so it's like i'm the queen of or i'm the king of darkness and then he's like you know you see you know ozzy and you know doing all that it's it's hilarious you know yeah. um even my dad my dad you know he'll probably kill me but my dad derek he's you know he's this big football coach you know very well known i mean um after you know kind of retired from professional he's like he was coaching and doing all the stuff and in the papers and stuff but he's a big friggin' wuss at home you know it's like, I'm like, dad, you need to take your medicine, you know? And then it's like, you know, my stepmom has to crush it, put mm -hmm. sugar in it, and then he takes it. And then I'm like, just swallow the damn pill, dad. And he can't swallow it. I'm like, well, you're such a pussy, dad. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, yeah, you are. You know? That's great. <laughs> okay, Devon Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Darcy Donovan. Make sure that you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Pay attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back. Hello Duval Nation, Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek DeBall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. 
Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podcasting Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duval Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. This is Marielle Sanji, the author of The Absinthe Frappe from LSU Press. Have you ever wondered about the mysteries of absinthe? The spirit is packed with history, and in my book, I explore the myths and facts behind this elusive liquor. What is it about absinthe that appealed to artists like Vincent van Gogh? How did the absinthe frappe cocktail take the country by storm in the 19th century? Why was absinthe banned? And how were the restrictions on absinthe lifted? Dive into the world of absinthe in the Absinthe Frappe, available wherever you prefer to buy your books. Hey, it's Presley Tennant, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find my brand new EP, 600 Miles, on all streaming platforms right now. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 218 of the Derek DeBall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of this interview with actress, musician, and the crypto queen herself, Darcy Donovan. All right. So this is a subject now that it's very interesting to me, and you're going to be the one that I think is going to educate me. Sure. Let's talk Let's talk crypto. All right. Something I know nothing about. And I'm okay. hoping the self-proclaimed crypto queen can shed light on this subject. Well, I, you know, the way that I like to do things is very relatable as opposed to, you know, a lot, some of the men in the space, they talk like they're like a neurosurgeon and okay. then people are looking at them like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing that annoys me. You know, sure. you're just, you, you end up becoming like, it's like, come on, you know, really? All right. It's, it's, it's a little show offy. And I, I'm just like, if I, we want mass adoption in the space. So, you know, and, and really, you know, I tell people that want to get in, I was like, listen, you know, this, it's a gold mine. You know, you're only in 5% of, of the population right now in web three, 5%. That's nothing. Um, and NFTs that I'm in, but I'm doing too. I mean, we're in the 4% market. So it's, it's incredible. You know, it's, it's an incredible time. It's like, Derek, if I said, Hey, um, I've got this thing called Google. And only five percent of the of people are in it. You should look into it. <laughs> How rich do you think you'd be by right now? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> be, be able to afford what you've got behind you. That's yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why should people be so invested in cryptocurrency right now? Well, I mean, okay, um, let me start, let me, let me start out to make it real simple. Throughout history, you know, there's been like numerous shifts in the way that we pay for things. That's, that's the easiest way to say it. So let's go way back to when you would trade a pig for a chicken. Then it was like jewels, gold and silver, and then banking started to evolve and you would see lines of credit, you know, and paper money. So then we moved from paper money. I mean, credit cards weren't always around folks. So it's like, okay. Then online payment processing began. So crypto is just the next evolution. I mean, we got to think of what was it? Eight track. I think it was like, well, it was records, right? Records, right. eight tracks, tapes, CDs, CDs. And now it's like MP3s and now everything's pretty much digital. It's digital mm -hmm. really. So it's, it's the same thing with uh, crypto. It's no different. I mean, crypto is like just the next evolution of online palm, uh, online payment processing. So it's where everything is tracked instead of through like banking servers, um, it's tracked through hundreds and thousands of computers around the world that are what, on what's called a blockchain. If you think about it, it's much, much safer than traditional banking because, you know, bank servers, they can get hacked. You know, while someone may be able to hack like a couple of computers, they're not going to be able to ha uh, hack like hundreds and of thousands of computers all at once. It's just, it's just not feasible. Plus the great thing about it is, is you're also able to, it's kind of like you're able to see the transaction register. So like you can see everything on the blockchain. It's kind of like you can see everything that's going on. So if you, if you're getting investing or if you're doing something or somebody says, Hey, Derek, I want you to invest $30,000, $40,000 in there. You can actually see what's going on. You know, um, you can transfer money in minutes uh or even seconds which is nice because you know when you do like paypal or anything it takes three or four days i mean and and you have to do increments of money it's like okay we can only give you five thousand dollars per day that's your total or even sometimes it's even less you can do hundreds of thousands of dollars instead of having to wait days you know it's still a new space you know we're still dealing with you know people understanding it and you know i always tell people you know if you're going to invest in anything out there you know make sure that you do your research Right. So that's the big thing is research. I mean, it's anything. It's, you know, even with scripts. I mean, I have to, when people give me scripts or when I'm working with producers and directors, you know, I've had people that, hey, Darcy, we want you on this movie. And then I'm looking and I'm like, okay, the budget is mm, okay. And then I'm looking at who's attached. And then I'm looking at certain things and I'm, I'm not impressed. So, you know, that's the thing. So, yeah, makes sense. It's all about appearances. It is. Well, and, you know, you can only can invest what you can afford. That's what I tell people, yeah. you know. And um, if people really want to know, come to my Twitter. Uh, every Saturday, uh, we welcome newbies. Um, I handhold people through what I, it's it's Saturdays uh, uh, on my Twitter at 3 p.m. PST. It's called Stardog Saturdays. So if you come there, we'll help you out we'll we'll explain everything to you and even like people that have wanted to invest in um you know my project star dogs we hand hold them i mean we're about as transparent as you get i think we're the only company and and i hate to say that because i i have so many nft projects and other projects i'm working but we're really the only company i mean you can get a hold of us via phone you can get a whole email and we get back to you i mean it's you know i mean i hate to say this but i hate it when i call even like uh companies for dresses women women can you know i hate i want to talk to somebody for god's sake i hate when i ha can't have a phone that's what sometimes why i want to ring people at facebook i love facebook you know facebook is where i kind of started you know and i love it but you know i want cus customer service is important and and i just believe that you know if you've got to have that and if you don't have customer service you don't have shit. <laughs> you know who used to have customer service good customer service who myspace yeah actually yeah you're right yeah i didn't even think about that yeah great derek you're absolutely right and so the thing is is that you know that's where i get kind of like you know it's even with banks like there's yeah. a certain bank i won't ever work with again because the customer service that i went to the bank it was so horrible i'm like you will not ever have my money again you know f you i'm, yeah. I'm going to someone else yeah makes so. sense yeah. So speaking of women, you are currently trying to inspire more women 
to get involved in the Web3 blockchain industry. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the thing is, do you have any kids at all? No. No? Okay. Are you married? No. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, don't worry about it. My, my, I do that, too. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's a known fact that, uh, you know, men outnumber women, you know, four to one in tech jobs. Um, uh, I do feel that it translates to Web3 as well, um, with men outnumbering women approximately uh, two to one. So, yeah, I'm thankful to say that more and more women are coming aboard. Um, you know, I think the reason that that women uh, don't, they're not, women are more likely not to take risks. They're just not. Men are. Uh, so, you know, they're more, women are more reserved financially, you know, I, and I will say this, I have hired, uh, I've gotten numerous women that work for me, you know, uh, in my businesses that I own. And, you know, I'm, I also have, uh, you know, uh, people that I'm hiring from web three that are women and I'm, gonna, and I'm collaborating, but, you know, we are getting more and more well-known and that's why. I'm trying to be the alpha female in the space. Um, it's it's also the same way with the the entertainment industry. So, you know, I'm trying to make more. Um, you know, my goal at the end of the day is to be like a studio head. Uh, I want to where you know we're up there with the big boys, but it's women. It's it's you know women, and we have I have men that work for me too. But it's like a, a domination because you know women can do multiple things all at once. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. And I have a lot of men that work for me, but it's like, you know, there's certain things that guys on my team are really great at. And, and there are certain things that the women are better at, too. So, you know, um, I do think that when I've talked to men in the space, I don't think they're as detail oriented or as customer service uh, like, you know, I want it like. I run my business, you know, I, but I am very militant. I'm like, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, I'm like a football coach slash military person. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mess around. So. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I, there was a question I was going to, I've been saving for later, but I'll just go ahead and ask it now since you brought it up. Sure. And that is, you know, as an actress, as a musician, and now, you know, you're in the crypto world um, as a woman, how far do you think the me too movement has come? Um, oof. I would say probably about half, maybe, maybe, maybe 50 to 40%. It's still bad. You know, I'm an alpha female and I, and luckily, you know, I think men kind of sniff it. Like, I just think that they know this chick will fuck me up. <laughs> She's a warrior. <laughs> I, I don't want to piss this girl as nice as I am. I think it's just an energy that I exude. But at the same time, you know, I, I have had guys, you know, like I've had a situation, you know, where, uh, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've had, you know, a producer say, you know, something very like, uh, very demeaning and stuff to me and another actress and it cro way crossed the line. And I looked at him and I said, do we look like horses to you? I said, I I'm not doing that. I said, you don't need, I don't need to turn around and have you look at me. I said, you know, you see, you know, what? I said, this is acting. You know, and I mean, uh, there's some well-known directors, you know, I've told off and I've had the crew actually come up to me and say, nobody's ever talked to him like that. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get ear chewing. And they're like, thank you. We want to buy you dinner. <laughs> we, we think he's an asshole and you're, <laughs> and nobody's ever talked to him like that. And he's treated us all like crap. So thank you. And then I was like, okay, great. You know? So, I mean, we got to look at what Harvey Weinstein did. And you got to think of the years that he wreaked Helen Havoc and blackmailed, raped and assaulted some of the most powerful women, powerful women and very rich women in the entertainment industry. And he did this and even men, he blackmailed several men. So you've got to think of he used his leverage of power. You know, I want to kind of bring that with the, the crypto space. That's what I'm doing is to try to make it to where we're not going to have any of those shenanigans. And also, too, I want to put people out of business that pull that shit. I treat everybody with respect. I mean, you know, it's kind of like if you're in the military, you treat respect, you you respect and you get respected. It's the same thing. But if somebody's going to be an asshole to me, I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not, 
you know, but I always treat everybody nice. I mean, I'm from the South. When I go to somebody's house, I bring them a gift. I bring them something nice. You know, that's my mother raised me that way. But, you know, my dad didn't put up with crap. I mean, either, you know, <laughs> I acted up, you know, my grandfather was an amazing, amazing man and he was in the military. So, you know, everybody loved him. He was very respectful. But when he got pissed, it was like raid on ants. Everybody just fled, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I just it's sad that the Me Too movement happens. It's still happening. I've had and I'll tell you, I've had a couple, you know, producers direct. I've had a couple directors pull that with me when I was starting out. And now, you know, they go, oh, shit, you know, I better not. Darcy's making strides. I need I, I got to, you know. I get a whole different persona now and I'm, but it, here's the deal. They're idiots. Cause I still know, I still remember that shit that they did. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. I'll make it hell for you on set. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I mean, I'm working. To, well, actually I'm not kidding, but I, I'm working towards equality. You know, I mean, that's what I'm doing, but I just don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like I'm better than anybody in the crew. I'm not better than any, the director, even if I'm bringing in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or doing whatever. I treat everybody the same level and I expect everybody to think, hey, you know, we're here to do a job. I don't care if you're Brad Pitt. I don't care if you're Tom Cruise. I don't care if you're Steven Spielberg. Just, you know, we're here to do a job. Now, obviously, if somebody's goofing off or being stupid. You know, you got to, You know, it's the same thing, you know, with a football team. I always tell people, you know, you run it like it, I mean, an NFL football team, those mess around and that's how you kind of have to do it on a set it's like okay we're here to you know make a movie you need to be on time and you know if a director or if an actor i don't care who he is if he's going to not show up on time if he's going to be rude to other cast members if he's going to and i mean i don't understand why people are letting you know people get away with being drunk you know and dr and drugs and all that stuff i'm like do it on your off time but when you're on set they, you're here to work you know right, and right. that's how you win in life you know i mean yeah. you can't show up to your nine to five job you know uh, i mean you know coked out of your mind or drunk out of your mind i don't understand that and i don't understand why we're giving jobs to people like that you yeah. know um it's now getting better i will say that now studios are technically you know they're like okay this person you know, did a lot of bad stuff. We're, we're getting rid of them. But, you know, I tell people in the business, if you're an up and comer, you know, you need to really understand your brand. And if you're going to bitch and complain and, you know, then get out of the business. You know? yeah. <laughs> so moving on, what was it like to appear in the documentary, not a JPEG? It was nice. It was great. I mean, everybody, the director, everybody was really sweet. You know, it's it was really great to hear everybody's different stories and, you know, how everybody made it and, you know, met a citizen, uh, you know, everything that they were doing. And and it's just everybody kind of has their own uh, thing, the way they do it. And Victor, who was, you know, running everything, he was a doll. So it was it was a lot of fun. Nice. It was a lot of fun. And you wrote a book, Darcy's oh. Daily Dose of Inspiration, a page by page guide to a better life. As yeah, I'm looking like at it right here. It's great cover. Yeah. Thank you. So that's my back killer. Oh. I have my dogs in there, but yeah, me with no makeup. I guess I look okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like the glam look, but but yeah, every day is uh here with you know, it just talks about, you know, I always put an inspirational quote and then I talk about a little bit about it, and then then there's a Darcy's daily to basically tell you, you know. I give you guidelines on what to do to uh, be better. So in each section, you know, it's an interactive task that you can do every day to like better yourself, learn, uh, grow. And, you know, I tell people you could use this every single day, every year and use it like with, I like to tell people, use it in your business, read it to your, you know, or read it to your family every day, kind of like a devotional. Cause I do like a, I do a godly devotional every day, and then I also do a business devotional with my my team. You truly so. are a Renaissance woman. Oh, thank you. I, you I thank you. I, you I, truly I, are. You <laughs> truly are. You truly are. Pia de Coupetan said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. Darcy, you get a chance to talk to your youngest self. What do you say to her? Oh, God. I tell her not, not I like, don't date, don't date Georgia. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, actually, I would just tell her, I'm like, listen, you know, I know things are hard now, but it's all going to work out. You know, follow your dreams. Don't give up, you know, and just, I would say, don't give up. You know, you're on the right path. Keep going, girl. Keep going. You know, if I only had a couple minutes, if I had another couple minutes, I'd tell her, don't date this guy. Uh, sock him over the head. You know, this girl's going to take your money. Don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, hey, you know, you'll, if I I would have to have at least six days with her. But, you know, if I only had a couple minutes. Fair enough. So what is next for Darcy? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, right now I've got my NFT project, Star Dogs, which was related to film, you know, television. But right now I've been working in the crypto space with that. I'm collaborating with different com companies. Um, uh, I am a big, big, big uh, advocate of animals. So, you know, that's. Uh, we're going to be giving charity. Uh, we got 5% of the money that we're going to be making that we're giving to charities. And uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be producing movies. So that's the big thing. Very excited. I'm still doing my music. I'm still going to be doing my music videos. I'm doing all that. But, you know, right now it's just been, I've been really doing uh, cast. I've been helping with casting the script you know, because this project is tied to film production, um, you know, and televisions that I have in pre-production, I am going to be, you know, putting stuff out under the Star Dogs production brand. But I have stuff that I'm doing on the side as well. I'm writing several books still. And then I've got like a database of A-list actors, film executives and everything. And they're going to be, you know working alongside me on these films. So I'm really excited, but that's, that's kind of the main thing that, you know, I've also um, going to be uh, speaking at different events. I'm going to be a key, uh, keynote speaker uh, in Vegas, uh, you know, in September. And I've got another event, Millionaire Minds. I'm going to be speaking there. So I do a lot of speaking engagements. I mean, I even had companies from, uh, you know, uh, crypto that you know and web3 had that have flown me out to different countries and i've gone and done speaking engagements um you know i just i try to make things relatable but i'm also bringing to web3 to do everything such as a business that's the thing is um you know you've got to do everything in your life as a business run it like that and you know when 1992 at the beginning of the internet you've got to sit here and think i mean People said the internet is evil. Uh, it's going to end. Why do you care? Everybody's going to die. You know, do you, I mean, you remember that? I mean, it's I like, do. Yeah, it was my neighbors literally. I mean, they, I remember their whole uh, garage was with water. They're like, okay, we got it. I mean, I think they just, I think they took, went to Kroger's and bought every water they could. So <laughs> it's like, it was just like, oh my God, you know, which Kroger's, there's not even a Kroger's here. Like I tell, I say Kroger's and some people are like, what? But uh, um, I, I was just like stunned, you know, because now look at the evolution of it. And now it's, it's the same thing with crypto. And I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm like, listen, the Internet, people thought it was bad. They thought it was like, oh, it's from the devil. It's, it's her terrible. And now the Internet, that's how we do business now. I mean, COVID, we couldn't have done crap if we didn't have it. And now, I mean... I don't people I don't think people realize how great it is. This is an amazing opportunity that from your home office you can you save gas. It saves on the environment. I mean, you know, you and I are talking right now. This would have never happened in 1992. So, I mean, the fact that you can do I mean, people are making billions of dollars and doing it all over the internet. And, you know, so it's just I keep telling people it's just an e the next evolution of the way things are going to be going with the crypto. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about the future and I'm excited about technology. I mean, the way I, there's certain things about AI that I like and there's certain things that I don't like, but you know, that's with anything. And, you know, you're going to deal with nefarious people, unfortunately in the movie business, you're going to deal with it in the web two, web three, it's throughout history. It's just, I hate to say it, you're going to deal with it. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of be the light in the bleach. I mean, there's, you know, the black water that's out there. I'm trying to be that bleach that just kind of, you know, and, and, you know, listen, I've got bamboozled. There's people that are like, I mean, I thought we're really good people. And I'm like, holy crap, you know? Uh, so, I mean, 
I tell people all the time, I mean, Derek, I'm sure in your life you've had to have had betrayed. Okay. So see, yes, betrayed or somebody take you for something. Yeah. And so everybody that I've spoken to has had that happen. And I've, you know, I'm no different. My sister, my, like, you know, my business manager, people on my team. So it's like, you know, sometimes that has to happen and it's unfortunate but then you, you learn, you always have to learn from those mistakes or from, uh, and it's really, it's not your fault. It's their fault. But I do believe in karma. I definitely tell people I'm like, you know, from every bad thing that somebody's done to me when I've been good, they always go down, down, like things go bad for them and I always move up. So as long as you, you're, you know, I can teach anybody anything, but my big saying in my, in, and everything that I talk about is I can't teach you loyalty. I can't teach you integrity and I can't teach you to be a trustworthy person. So I can teach you anything, but I can't teach you that. So those are the people that I want on my team, you know, with those kind of qualities. And uh, I feel like, you know, we, we need to start teaching the people. I mean, in other countries, man, you know, you steal, they'll cut your hand off. You, know? you can only steal twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or you know, you have you have relations with a kid or something. They they cut that pecker off. You know, yeah. they don't mess around. So yeah. I mean, you know, I do feel like we need to be a little stricter. I feel like if if somebody messes up, you know, it, 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 there needs to be some strict things that happen. And yeah. uh, you know, that's one thing that I want to see. You know, if somebody's going to take people for money. They need to they need to go down. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if you know about the whole FTX stuff that happened in the space, but, you know, that was just a horrible thing that happened. And, you know, it's my job to bring the light back and to say, you know, there's a lot of good people. So I welcome everybody to come into my Twitter space every Saturday, 3 p.m. PST. We some we're always there. Rain, snow, shine, sleet, hurricane, <laughs> earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in the rubble going, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Darcy, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Oh, God. I like to eat food. <laughs> I like to eat food. I like to watch. To, I, man, I mean, I'm like a guy. I have a visible penis. I'm, I'm telling you. It's like I'm a dude. I like I love I love my big television. I love food. I do love massages. That's my thing. And, uh, you know, I love my dogs to walk my dogs and my bath. Yeah. So those are some things. Everything else, eh. But, uh, All right. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? I'm ever like they can Google me. I'm I'm on I'm on Twitter. I am on Instagram. Each one is different. So like you know on Instagram, but I always do inspirational. We have fun stuff. But you can go on my Facebook. You can find me at Darcy Donovan on Instagram, Twitter, and hit official Darcy Donovan on Facebook and YouTube. But uh, I would love, you know, come up, say hi. We always have a great time. And, uh, you know, we, we, we laugh. We talk, about, we talk about everything, not just business. We, we, we do. And I'm, I also like to tell my jokes. I, I have a plethora of silly jokes that I always tell. Nice. So, Darcy, I can keep this interview going for forever, but unfortunately I must end it. And I end my interviews with my favorite question. The question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, or would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Aliens do exist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, I would want to share the world a quote that my grandfather uh, said to me. Um, there are no luggage racks on a hearse. That's deep. Yep. That's deep. I like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty damn good. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right the book is darcy's daily dose of inspiration a page-by-page -page guide to a better life available on amazon barnes and noble or wherever you buy your books online darcy congratulations on pretty much everything that you do and just, you, keep, just, just keep doing what you're doing you're killing it oh thank you well you're such a sweetheart and and i gotta tell you i've had a, mag a spectacular time with you you're just well, a doll well thank you for coming on the show today well thank you thanks all for right. having me and just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 218. I want to thank Darcy for taking the time to come on the show. Like I said in the beginning, Darcy has become a quick friend to the show, and I'm so happy that she was as cool as I imagined she would be. 
What a fantastic lady, and I hope we can get her back on the show again down the road. That, folks, was a lot of fun to record. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We would drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the Amazing Tea Public. The Derek Duvall Show is a great little store on there. And we have everything with our logo on it, including magnet stickers and mugs, plus with some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, go to the banner that says merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tea Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, I hope everyone is settling nicely into 2024. How are you doing with your resolutions? I hope you have not broken yours yet. Keep strong, Duval Nation. Nostra, God bless. And see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.